Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Happy end of 2023. New Year's Eve day. Fritz Berger and bloodandfaith.com. It's the 31st. It is the 31st day of December uh, 2023. It's the last day of 2023. 2024 bodes to bring great and amazing things. Uh, we don't know what yet, but uh, clearly there's supposed to be an election <laughs> this year, 2024. We'll see how that works out. Unclear at this point how it's going to work out. I'm sure I would imagine there's going to be an election. Somebody noted uh, <clears throat> quite appropriately that the last time that popular politicians were forcibly, legally, uh, law ferociously kept off the ballot was when Abraham Lincoln ran for office, uh, and that, uh, of course, ushered in, helped usher in the Civil War, what we now call the Civil War. I wonder what they called it back then. You know, it's, it's 1860, it's 1861. A bunch of states are saying this, a bunch of states are saying that. Well, we're not going to obey. We're not going to abide. We're, you know, we're going to withdraw from there. I say, oh yeah, a bunch of legal blather, and it'll get sorted out in the courts. And then you had some uh, rogue elements <clears throat> captured. I think it was Fort Sumter, South Carolina. Was that it? Forgive me if my Civil War history is less than perfect. And then the Union decided they had to go after them. And then and things kind of developed from there. Uh, you had good men, good men, patriots like. Uh, General Lee. General Lee, I believe he was a, I don't know if, I don't know where, I think he might have been VMI, but anyway, he was a union officer and he resigned his commission. He said, no, he's not doing this. He said, I'll be loyal to Virginia. I'll be loyal. The, 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 the United States are a union of states. I'll be loyal to my state and I'll fight for my state. I'll fight for my race. I'll fight for my people. I'll fight, fight for my God. I'm not going to fight for you guys. With your Orwellian, Orwellian totalitarian system that you're trying to force upon the other state. He said, I'm not doing it. But that's not what we're here to talk about today. Not at all. Again, Fritzberger, bloodandfaith.com. We are live on Podbean. You can also see me at bloodandfaith.com. And I am going to be reading out of the Revelation, out of the Gospels, and out of Peter's first general epistle. First Peter. And as you know, if you've been a listener to this show for any length of time at all, <clears throat> you know that my greatest target is the church. My greatest target of criticism is the church. I don't blame the devil for the evil in the world although he deserves the blame. I don't blame the devil's children for the evil in the world, although they deserve the blame. I don't blame the synagogue of Satan for the evil in the world, although they deserve the blame. I mean, devil's going to devil's gonna devil. Satan's going to Satan. Devil's kids are going to do the devil's kid stuff. I, I, I look at the church and say, church, where are you? Come on, man, where are you? Where are you? Okay, because I can't change the devil, and I can't change the devil's children. They're going to do what they're going to do. Now, is there a point at which I can stand up and say, this far, no farther? Oh, absolutely. I'll battle them every step of the way. 
but but my my real goal is 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 a recruitment exercise. I want to recruit the Church of Jesus Christ back to the purpose of the Church of Jesus Christ. I want to recruit the church back to the warfare that we're called to, back to the mission that we're called to, back to the suffering that we're called to. It's a hard life. It's supposed to be a hard life. I know there's there's churches and preachers out there saying, you know, follow Jesus and everything will be better. And I I think the message is kind of the opposite of that. I think the message is kind of the opposite of that. The, the message is is hey, I don't know if I don't know that you can follow Jesus Christ because the, the price you will pay is extremely high. I don't know that you can follow Jesus Christ because the price that is to be paid is exceedingly high to follow Jesus Christ. It's exceedingly high. The honor of following Jesus Christ is great, and the price of following Jesus Christ is great. It's great. What did the Master say? What did Jesus Christ say? Hey, you want to follow me? Really, you want to follow me? So you better pick up your cross. You better pick up your cross. You want to follow me? You better pick up your cross and, and prepare to be crucified and tortured and put to death if, if you want to follow. And there's nowhere that I see in the Scriptures, neither in the Hebrew Scriptures or the Greek Scriptures, where the Almighty tries to convince mankind that it's reasonable and right and good to to follow him. Oh, if you just follow me, I'll make your life better. If you follow me, I'll give you things. If you follow me, here's some free heaven candy. And it's not unreasonable to follow me. It's it's perfectly logical to follow. I, I don't I the Almighty does not put himself in a position of justifying himself to mankind. The Almighty does not put himself in a position to tell mankind how reasonable it is to follow him and obey him. He doesn't do that. He says, this is the way it is, and that's the way it is. And if it seems unreasonable to you, fine. That's not his problem. That's your problem. That's my problem. That's our problem. I mean, and that began long, long time ago. I mean, let's just take Abram, for example. And I don't know that I could do what Abram did. I really don't. I really don't. I don't want to say I couldn't or I wouldn't, but I probably couldn't and I probably wouldn't. The Almighty said, hey, take your son, your only son whom you love. Take Isaac, the child of promise. Not Ishmael. Take Isaac, the child of promise that you had when you were 100 years ago. He's 113 at this time. And he said, take him up there and slaughter him on a rock up on the mountain. Just being honest with myself, I don't know, man. I don't know. Now, tell me that's reasonable. Tell me that that's rational. Tell me that that makes sense in any earthly possible way. Abraham feared God, and he did it. He feared God. He feared God. He didn't just trust God. He feared God. Faith and fear 
long time ago, I heard a preacher, he says, faith and fear are opposite. I think they're the same thing when it comes to faith in Jesus Christ. I, 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 I fear him. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the fear of God today a little bit. I fear Jesus Christ. Do you trust him, Fritz, or do you fear him? I fear him. I fear him. I fear him. And I think that's... I equate the two. At this point in my life, I equate the two. Do I trust him? I fear him. I, I'm terrified of him. Oh, you shouldn't be scared of God. You can honor him. You can reverence him. No, no. I fear him because he's he is a great God. I fear him. And mankind hates that. Mankind hates that. I'm not going to fear God. Why should I fear God? He's not the boss of me. If he wants to give me some free hand, heaven candy, I'll take some. But he's not the boss of me. Oh, you want me to go to church on Sunday? Okay, yeah, I can do that. I can do this. I can do that. And we sort of parcel out what we're willing to do and what we're not willing to do. And we expect God to pick up the pieces for us. And generally speaking, this is how the church of Jesus Christ in America in this last century has sold Jesus Christ. We've packaged him. And we've rebranded him and we've remarketed him as the solver of mankind's problems and as a reasonable man. And if you would be a good Christian, the world will love you. The world will love you. The Jews will love you because you're not racist or anti Semitic like some people. And the church has repackaged Jesus to try to make the church love them in order to get more adherence to the faith. All right. With that introduction out of the way, Revelation 3, verse 15. By the way, this is a church, a letter to the church of Laodicea. Laodicea is in western Anatolia. Western Anatolia, Anatolia is now what we consider to be Turkey. And we think, oh, Turkey, it's a Muslim nation. It wasn't 2,000 years ago. It was not 2,000 years ago. The Muslims invaded a Christian land slaughtered the Christians up until the, the 20th century, at the very least, with the Armenian genocide by the Turks, by the Muslims. And it's always aided and, and abetted by you-know-who. Always, 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 always. Even to this day, even in 2023, you've got these people that call themselves Jews literally blowing up churches, targeting churches in Gaza. Why? I've told you why on bloodandfaith.com. So here's a letter to a European church. It's the last church that he writes to. It's a, a church uh, to, to Laodicea. Revelation 3.15, I know your deeds, that you're neither hot nor cold. I wish that you could either be hot or cold. So because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of thy mouth. That's King James. I love that word, spew. Other... other other translations say, spit you out of my mouth. Other translations say, I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth. I like the King James. I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. Now, generally in the church, we have atomized the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have atomized society like the world does, like Satan does. And we take this as an individual mandate 
oh, it's talking about you, Fritz. You're neither hot or cold. No, no, no. This is to the church. Oh, it's about you, Susie. Are you, Tammy? Are you, Peter? Are you, whatever your name is, Freddie? You're neither hot nor cold. You need to be on fire for God. You need to go out and pass out 100 tracks a day. <laughs> this is a big area why I think the church has missed it. We think everything's to us as individuals, and it's not. It's to corporate bodies. It's to nations, and it's to churches. It's to nations, and it's to churches. It's, you're not so important that you're the center of the mess. We're part of a body. We're part of the body. We're part of the body of Christ. And he's speaking to the body of Christ. He's preaching to the church in Laodicea. Is it applicable today? Of course it is. That's what I'm talking about. Wouldn't be If it's not applicable today, it wouldn't be in the Holy Scriptures. Anything in the Holy Scriptures is applicable today, from Genesis 1-1 to the end of the Revelation. Anything written in the Holy Scriptures, the Law, the Prophets, the Psalms, the Proverbs, the Gospels, Book of Acts, Book of Acts, Book of Acts, is applicable today. Otherwise, it wouldn't be in the Holy Scriptures. Otherwise, it wouldn't be in the Holy Scriptures. So he's speaking to this church, and he's saying, Hey, I know your deeds. I know your deeds. I know what you've done. And I know you're neither hot nor cold. So I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. He said, I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire, that you may become rich. And this is the heart of what I want to talk about. How do you get that gold? How do you get that gold? How do you get that gold? How do you get gold refined by fire? What is fire? What is the gold? People say you can't take anything with you when, when you die. No, you can. You can take your character. You can take your honor. You can take your faith. But it's costly. It's costly. It's going to cost you more than most want to bear. It's going to cost you more than you want to bear. You say, oh, just get born again and, and tick that box and you know take your free heaven ticket and, and you know go live your life and off to heaven you go. <clears throat> I advise you, church, to buy gold from Jesus Christ. Gold that's refined by fire so that you may become rich in eternity. The purpose of this life is to suffer. I'll flat out tell you, the purpose of this life for those of us in Jesus Christ, is to experience the fire and that suffering. That's the purpose. That's the purpose. And all who desire to live godly in Jesus Christ shall experience the fire. And, and I, by living godly, I don't mean just that you stop smoking your cigarettes. I don't mean that. That's easy. Well, maybe it's not. Cigarettes are kind of hard to give up. I, I, I take that back. Jesus Christ was not murdered because he was a nice guy. Let me just be frank about that. Jesus Christ was not murdered, and the apostles were not murdered because they led, led moral lives. They were not. The Pharisees led moral lives. Jesus Christ said the Pharisees led moral lives. They were whitewashed tombs on the outside. They look great. They look great. They led moral lives. People say they led godly lives, but inside they're full of dead men's bones. 
What put Jesus Christ up on Golgotha? What put Peter on a martyr's cross? What put the apostles on the path to death by the hands of their enemies? They opened their mouth and they said what Jesus Christ said. That's what they did. They opened up their mouth. All right, it's a word of our testimony, not loving our lives unto death. They opened up their mouth and they said things that outraged Satan and his children. And they experienced the fire. I advise for you to buy gold from me so you become rich for eternity. Gold will perish, but what you take into eternity will last forever. Now, our ancestors, my ancestors, we've been praying for revival for generations now, literally generations. Where's the God of our fathers? Where's the God of our fathers? When is this revival coming? And this scares me a little bit because it's coming. I know it's coming. But you go back and you read Finney. What's his name? Charles Grandison Finney. And you read about the great revivalists, the first great awakening and the second great awakening. And when this revival come, first of all, it's terrifying. It's, ter it's not comforting. It's terrifying. Preachers are terrified. The church is terrified. Preachers preached against the revival. It's terrifying. And second of all, it's soon after the First Great Awakening, we had the Revolutionary War. Soon after the Second Great Awakening, we had the U.S. Civil War. And you've heard me talk for a long, long time about Civil War and International War. But the prayers of our ancestors have gone up for revival in this country and in Europe and in Sweden and Denmark and Norway and England, not Britain, England, England, Wales, Ireland, Scotland, not Britain. They're separate nations. Australia, New Zealand, Southern Africa. God bless our brothers in Southern Africa. God bless our brothers and sisters in Armenia that the church ignores. Title of this message is Jesus the Hard Man. Jesus the Hard Man. Matthew chapter 7. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Nobody speaks about hell more than Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the original hellfire minister. It's not your Baptist guy down on the corner from, you know, 100 years ago. It's Jesus Christ that taught and preached about hell. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Okay, you may be a tree. You may even bear some fruit, but if you don't bear good fruit, if the fruit's not good, you're cut down and thrown in the fire. What's the fruit of American Christendom? It's trannies in grade school. It's sodomy in grade school. And, and this is where I want us to be honest with ourselves. As the church in North America, or the church in the countries of Christendom, let's be honest with ourselves. What's the fruit of modern Christianity? It's trannies in grade school. It's sodomy in grade school. It's the invasion of Christendom by non-Christians. Non -Christians. It's shame upon the faces of the church and the race of the church. 
oh, we're just evil people. No, no, no. That's bad fruit. All that's bad fruit. We have a Savior, a personal Savior, a national Savior, a racial Savior. His name is Jesus Christ. And to be loyal to Him means speaking His words, saying what He said, not dumbing it down so as to make it acceptable to the world, which is what we've done. We've done that. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. This, is, this, this terrifies me. This is scary. Because believe me, I say, Lord, Lord. I call him Jesus, is, uh, Jesus Christ is king. Christ is king. Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Of all the nations, as well as our personal souls. So I'm one of these guys that say, Lord, Lord. And Jesus says, hey, not everyone who says, who says, Lord, Lord, will even enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father, who is in heaven, he will enter. He goes on, Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in thy name, and in thy name cast out demons, and in your name perform miracles? All right? Churches full of Christians, pastors, preachers, that cast out demons, preach in the name of the Lord. And I'm not saying they're not, I'm not in any position even to begin to say that they're not going to go into heaven. I'm just saying that this is what Jesus Christ said. I'm just saying that this is what Jesus Christ said. Many will say to me on that, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and in your name cast out demons, in your name perform many miracles? Verse 23, and then he will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. I never knew you. I never knew you. I did. I never even knew who you were. So this is Jesus, the hard man. We get the parable of the talents. Okay, Matthew chapter twenty-five. I'm not going to read it to you. You know that. You know it. I'm preaching to Christians. Ten talents, five talents, one talent. The guy with one talent, <laughs> he dies. He goes to heaven. Say, here's your talent, Lord. <laughs> I'm saved. I'm here in heaven, and you got me back. You got the talent back. And I'm just going to say your life is your talent. Your life is your talent. It's more than just, you know, oh, I'm good at cooking. You know, I baked 16 cookies last year. Or whatever it is, teaching or preaching or helps or miracles or whatever. Goes back to the Lord and said, here's your talent. Here I am. And, and Jesus Christ literally says to him, you know I'm a hard man. You knew I was a hard man. You know I'm a hard man. You know I'm a hard man. You could have done something with it. At least you could have lent it out to some bank. It could have made interest on it. But you didn't do anything. You did, what did you do with your life? Did you have a nice life there, Fritz? Did you have a nice life? I hope you did because you didn't do anything with it that obeyed my father where's the return i have on your life where's the return i have on your life fritz you didn't do anything with it i'm going to take your life from you throw out the worthless slave 
These aren't even rebellious people. These are people that claim to be slaves, servants of Jesus Christ. These aren't even the evil people, the children of the devil. They're, that's a whole different category. These are people who claim to be slaves. They acknowledge the master. They acknowledge where they got their gift from. They acknowledge who gave them their life. And it shows up. What you do with your life? They say, well, I, 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 you know, I know you're a hard man, so here, here I am. He said, take his talent away. Take his life away. Throw him into outer darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Throw him into outer darkness and weeping there where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. I'm telling you, Jesus Christ is not a nice guy. I'm telling you, Jesus Christ is not a nice guy. And, and we've preached Jesus is a nice guy for 100 years in this country, and a country's literally gone to hell. It's gone to hell. And we've adopted moralities that are contrary to the Holy Scriptures. I posted this morning on Gab. You can see Gab at, at Cybertext. If you don't know how to find that, go to bloodandfaith.com, and there's a link up on the top, top right. I said, tolerance is not a Christian virtue. Tolerance is not a Christian virtue. Oh, we just need to love the sinner. Tolerance is not a Christian virtue. Here's Jesus Christ saying, listen, slave, you didn't do anything with your life. I'm going to take your life back from you, and I'm going to toss you into eternal darkness where you're going to weep and gnash your teeth and be angry at me because I am a hard man. We don't preach this. This doesn't get preached in the Gospels, in the churches. Matthew chapter 25, it's Judgment Day. And he'll say to those on his left, Depart from me, accursed ones. Depart from me, accursed ones. Depart from me, accursed ones. Into the eternal fire which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. God Almighty has prepared an eternal fire for the devil and his angels. And he's telling to these people, you're accursed by me. You're going to go into the same fire. Those will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Talked the other day about Abraham and Lazarus. Lazarus, poor man with sores on him, had a miserable life. Miserable, miserable, doggone it, stinking life. Horrible life. And he dies and he's comforted in heaven. Here's a rich man. Rich man. Rich man was a he was a child of Abraham. He was a descendant of Abraham. Probably went to, you know, his church services every day. Every Sunday, whatever. He didn't curse Abraham when he was sitting there in the flame. And he's being, Jesus Christ teaches us he's being tortured in the flame. He's being tortured in the flame. He says, Father Abraham, send Lazarus over here to dip his finger in some water. Just give me a little bit of water to relieve me of this torment. Abraham says, No, you're not going to get relieved of your torment. You're not. He said, there's an eternal separation between us and you. You can't come over here. We can't go over there. That's it. It's over for you. He said, well, send somebody to tell my brothers. i got four, five more brothers. Abraham says, no, they got the law and the prophets. 
If they don't believe in the law and the prophets, they will not believe if somebody rises from the dead. Who's he talking to? Who had the law and the prophets 2,000 years ago and didn't believe in Jesus Christ, didn't believe in the Messiah, didn't believe in the Savior? You know who it was. Luke 12, verse 5. But I will forewarn you who to fear. This is Jesus Christ. I will forewarn you whom to fear. You should fear him who after he has killed has power to cast into hell. Yea, I tell you to fear him. Fear him, fear him, fear him. First Peter 1, verse 6. All right? And this is... You know, kind of the conclusion of what I want to talk about here. You have any opportunity to get the gold, but it's going to cost you. And, and, and if you think the purpose of your life is to avoid suffering, I think you've missed it. The purpose of life is to embrace the suffering for the cause of righteousness. How do you suffer? How do you suffer in 2023? Try opening up your mouth and saying what Jesus Christ said. No, I don't mean the things that, that the Antichrist loves. I don't mean the things that the... The false Jews love. I don't mean that. I mean the things that they hate, the things that they murdered Jesus Christ for. The things that they murdered Stephen for. What did Stephen do? Look at Stephen's first sermon. He goes up to the council of the elders, the chief priests, the scribes, the Pharisees, He goes to those who call themselves Jews. He says, listen, you murdered the prophets and you murdered Jesus Christ. Oh, but the church won't say that today because that's anti-Semitic. That's what Stephen said. Jesus said the same thing. So did Peter. So did Paul. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while. What's a little while? It's your lifetime. A little while is your lifetime. A little while is my lifetime. Rejoice in this, even though now for a little while, even now in your little while lifetime, your little life that doesn't last that long, if necessary, you've been distressed by various trials so that the proof of your faith, which is more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. A little while is our lifetime. Rejoice in this, that the testing of your faith may be found to result in glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. This is the gold that Jesus Christ is talking about in Revelation chapter 3 to the church of Laodicea. But the church tries to hide we want to be lukewarm. We don't want to be hot. We don't want to be cold. We don't want to be extremist. We don't want to offend the world. We don't want to be accused of being everything that Jesus Christ was being accused of. He was, he was called a Beelzebul. Today we don't say that. Nobody says it. They say, well, you're, you're a domestic violent extremist. You're a Nazi. You're a white supremacist. You're a racist. You're homophobic. You're intolerant. You're divisive. You're anti-Semitic. It's the same accusation. What does Satan do? He accuses and accuses and accuses and accuses and accuses. You don't think he uses his church and his children to accuse? 
It's funny how the church believes that the church is the body of Christ, but they don't believe that Satan has a has his own corporate body. Jesus Christ said it. Jesus Christ said that Satan has a synagogue. Jesus Christ Satan says that Satan has his children. Funny how the church doesn't believe that. And it's funny when the church says that, oh boy, the devil doesn't like that. Ask me how I know. First Peter 2, verse 21. For then you have been called for this purpose, since Christ also suffered for you, leaving to you an example to follow in his steps. There is no greater honor in all of eternity than to live by faith in Jesus Christ and for Jesus Christ. There is no greater honor than to be called for this purpose, since Christ suffered for you, leaving you as an example to follow in his steps. There is no greater honor than that. There's no greater honor than this, to suffer as Christ did, because he was the example for us. There's no greater honor than that. I don't mean you're suffering because you got lung cancer because of your cigarettes. I don't, that's not what I mean. <laughs> Although that can bring some godly character too. Suffering always brings godly character if you embrace it properly and rejoice and thank God and humble yourselves. Myself. You ever find yourself complaining because your life is hard? I do. And I know I shouldn't. I know I shouldn't. And I repent of that. But at the same time, I've noticed, have you ever noticed how the prophets complained? How Job complained? How Jeremiah complained? Have you ever noticed that? I've noticed that. Ever noticed how Jesus Christ was at the Garden of Gethsemane and he's down on his knees? He's, he's in pain. He's in agony. He said, Lord, God, please, I don't want to go through this. Please, 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 please. Please, God, I don't want to go through this. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. But he said, Lord, not my will, that will be done. And that gives me some hope. It gives me some hope for myself because that's the path. That is the path. It's the same path that Jesus Christ took. That's the Christian path. Don't be lukewarm. I don't... It, 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 I'm not telling you go out and pass out 5,000 tracks every every Monday night. I'm saying have some self-reflection. Will we say what Jesus Christ said? Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Jesus Christ is a hard man. He's a hard man. And he said, listen, if I... If I if you're ashamed of A, me, B, my words, my words, my words, if you're ashamed of my words, what I said, I will be ashamed of you when I show up with my Father's holy angels. Jesus Christ said that. And I find my church, my dearly beloved Christian church, my, my church, Protestant, Evangelical, Catholic, whatever, ashamed of the words of Jesus Christ. We won't preach them from the pulpit. We won't say them out of our mouth. Man, you ought to be, those are the words you ought to be proud of. The things that offend Satan the most, those are the words you ought to be most proud of. The thing that most irks the devil and his children, those are the words that you ought to be most proud of to say what Jesus Christ said. Oh, and let the hate flow. Let the hate flow. 
I've said before, I've said before, the church needs a little persecution. It needs a lot more persecution. And, and the prayers of our ancestors will, will be answered. And it comes with fire. It comes with fire. You're lukewarm. Okay, you know what? You've been praying. Your ancestors have prayed for you for revival. I'm going to bring it. It's coming with fire. Revelation 3, 16 through 18. You're, you're lukewarm. You're lukewarm. I, I can't stand it. I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. So guess what? I advise for you to, to buy gold for me refined in fire. How, what's that come through? It comes through suffering. It comes through torment. It comes through pain. He says, I'm going to bring some pain on the church. I'm bringing pain on the church. I'm bringing fire on the church. And it's going to be nasty and it's going to be ugly. And you're not going to like it. But we're going to sort out those who will and those who won't. We're going to sort out those who are proud of Jesus Christ. Those who are proud of the words of Jesus Christ. Those who are proud of the, the hard words that Jesus Christ said. And those who are ashamed of Him. And let the division grow. Let it be wide. Let it be wide as, as the gulf between Abraham and Lazarus. Let it be as wide as that. Be hot. Be cold. Don't. You're not going to be allowed to be in the middle. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. And I don't care if you're a, you're a pastor in the church or a parishioner in the pew. I don't care. It's for all of us. I was starting with me. And, and I've said this before. I'll say it again. I'm the I, I man. I I have been the worst ever. Weak, man pleasing, lack of character. Always trying to find the easy route. Always trying to find the easy route. I'm telling you, that's me. That's my life. Spineless. My whole life, I'm not a young man anymore. And over over the years, over the decades, you know, there was, I guess, a seed. A seed that the Almighty planted in me that refused to die. That refused to die and said, and, and what, what the Almighty did, He says, He just kept putting me in situations where I had to make choices. And I didn't always make the right choice. Didn't always make the right choice. Many times I took the easy path. Many times I said, I, I can't do this anymore. I said flat out to God, I can't do this anymore. Been there, done that. Not proud of it. There's two men that did the same thing. One was Judas Iscariot, the other is Peter. Both of them said, I can't do this anymore. Peter repented. And believe me, I ain't, I ain't even close to him. Job was caught up short by God. God, God, God looks at Job. He said, "Job, you need to repent. You're, you, you know, you, your attitude's wrong. I don't care how much you suffer. You, you, your attitude's wrong. I don't owe you anything. I owe you nothing." Jeremiah said, "Lord, thou hast deceived me, and I was deceived." Peter was what? Hung upside down on a cross? Martyr? Stephen, young man? He, he said what Jesus Christ said. He said what Jesus Christ said, and they murdered him on the spot. Hebrews 11, 38, some were sown in two. Look, revival's here. But you got to embrace the fire. 
And you got to make hard, hard choices because we serve a hard, hard man, a hard master, a hard God. He, he didn't hand out free heaven candy. You and I, man, we're held accountable. And he's going he's to look at some of us. Say, what'd you do? What'd you do? What'd you do? Nothing? Nothing? Take this man, bind him in chains, and cast him into our uh, outer darkness will be the weeping and gnashing of teeth. The fruit of modern Christianity is not good. And I'm asking us to reconsider everything we thought and taught and learned and preach and teach. Jesus Christ never positioned Himself to be reasonable to people. Eat my flesh and drink my blood. You've heard me talk about this. And I know I'm going long. You don't have to keep listening. But I'm just, I'm telling you, as a church, the, the fruit, the Bible says you'll know the, the tree by its fruit. If the tree doesn't produce good fruit, not just fruit, but good fruit, dig it up and cast it into the fire. Dig it up and cast it into the fire. Listen, revival's here. Revival's coming and revival's here. I'm telling you, it is. If, if you and I embrace it, if we embrace the path that Jesus Christ took, as not just as individuals, but as a church, as congregations, as a nation, as a race, we will find that redemption. And we will have that life. And we will be a blessing to our descendants, but it's going to cost us something. That's it. Fritz Berger, bloodandfaith.com.